Welcome to the Digging In Podcast with the Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Janet Adkison, and joining us here this month, we are talking with Andrew Walmsley. Andrew is the Senior Director of Government Affairs with the American Farm Bureau Federation. And Andrew, a month ago, the last month of May, or the last week of May, rather, we talked with Spencer, uh, our, our, of course, legislative expert here on the Missouri Farm Bureau staff. And we sort of dug into the idea of the, the farm bill, where we are in the process, a little background. And so this is the second installment of a series dedicated to the farm bill. And so we appreciate you taking the time to join us. So you're great to have on because you yourself have some background in this whole farm bill process. Yeah, a little bit. Not as much as some folks that have been farmhands. You know, they they don't count the years or decades. They count the number of farm bills. So I guess technically for me, I've always sweared I wasn't going to be one of those people. But I think this is the fourth farm bill I've I've been involved with in some way uh, or fashion in a professional sense. And, uh, you know, Missouri is very well represented with Spencer. Uh, She does a great job of representing the interest of of Missouri farmers and, and enjoy working with her. But yeah, it's farm bill season. We're about to get real busy here through uh, late summer and early fall to hopefully get the 2023 farm bill done before the end of the year. Now, when you say that this is your fourth farm bill, take us back to the first round that you had the chance to participate in. What was your role at that time and what were your thoughts on the process as the newbie? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways you didn't know what you didn't know. And my first farm bill was back in 2008 when I was on staff with Florida Farm Bureau. So not directly involved, especially at the AFBF level. Uh, but looking through that, through the lens of the priorities for a state, just like Missouri has priorities, Florida's are a little bit different based on your agriculture. Um, I was at American Farm Bureau for the 2012 Farm Bill, which ended up being the 2014 Farm Bill. Again, wasn't my uh, sole focus uh, at the time. We had a, another Farm Bill uh, lobbyist. But then 2018, I was handed the keys uh, for the organization to work through that. So definitely uh, dove in feet first uh, in the 18 process. Uh, and again, you know, the 18 Farm Bill was the first Farm Bill uh, that was enacted into law the, the same year it was introduced since 1990. And we're hopefully going to find that same success with the 2023 Farm Bill on being able to move quickly here before the end of the year. That sounds very optimistic from of you. Well, I don't know how pessimists survive in Washington, D.C. <laughs> you, you've got to kind of be an eternal optimist that uh, either you're going to be successful or eventually get something done or... I, again, I don't know how people keep it together if, if they're a pessimist. That does make sense. So take us through where we are in the farm bill process so far. I mean, I know that uh, there's been a couple meetings, both uh, obviously a lot of conversation in D.C., but they've started to kind of dip their toe in the waters across the country now, too. Yes, absolutely. And, and when you look at it from a Farm Bureau perspective, there's been a lot of work up to this point. You look through our policy development process, you look at, you know, our grassroots members being engaged at the state level. You know, for us at American Farm Bureau, we kicked off our Farm Bill working group back in August of 2021. So almost two years ago, where we brought in all of our state Farm Bureaus, uh, started looking through issues, what improvements we can make to the Farm Bill, looking through our policy Uh, And then worked with our issue advisory committees over the last two years to try to get us in a good spot for this farm bill. And so you saw that out of our recommendations back in January being uh, that were voted and approved upon by our voting delegates. And and a lot of the other commodity groups have gone through that. Right. Like that's part of the stakeholder process. When you talk about the congressional process, you know, that's really uh, began earlier this year in earnest. There was some work the previous Congress, but the fact that this year is a farm bill year. Um, we've got this new session of Congress that was seated back in January. 
Uh, you've got Mr. Thompson in the House, who's the chairman of the House Ag Committee, working with Mr. Scott, have been holding, um, you know, farm bill hearings on Capitol Hill across the country. You know, President Duval, the president of American Farm Bureau, uh, testified before Congress on our Farm Bureau priorities. You know, Farm Bureau members have been engaged in listening sessions and hearings across the country for the House. And the Senate's done something similar. They've gone through and have had hearings on the Farm Bill as well. Again, President Duval got to testify over there. We've had other state Farm Bureau presidents testify. Uh, and then you've had individual senators doing listening sessions across the country. So it's been a lot of input and feed uh, feeding in ideas to the committees that will be writing the Farm Bill. Uh, there was also a portal that the Senate had earlier this year where members, senators off the Ag Committee could provide input. We just closed that uh, same process out in the House. And so really what we're going to see over the next few weeks and months uh, is congressional staff and members of Congress really putting pen to paper, taking all those ideas, reflecting back on the 18 Farm Bill, and then hopefully uh, uh, publishing legislative text probably around September. Um, then the committees will then mark up. Uh, hopefully have a successful markup. And what, what is so unique about the Farm Bill that we've gotten away in a lot of ways uh, on other pieces of legislation in Washington is what we call regular order. You know, you have the House, you have the Senate, they take their bills from committee, all the members have input, they mark them up, and then it typically goes to the House and Senate floor. You then hopefully have a favorable vote, 218, 60, 218 in the House, 60 votes in the Senate. And then you go to a conference where both the House and Senate sit down and work out the differences between the two bills. And so that's what we're kind of on track for with uh, hopefully action again after the August recess here in September. Um, and then, you know, hopefully through a conference report and off to the president's desk before the end of the year. Whenever you're talking about uh, the two sides sitting down and putting the pen to paper, as you say, um, they're really not going to sit down until September to really start doing that? Or do you think there's already some work behind the wheels that are have already laid out some of the titles? Oh, there's some work that's been going on for a while. Um, you know, some of the easier issues that there is broad agreement on, I think they've, the committee staff at, the, you know, at staff level have worked through that. I think they continue to identify, you know, the more stickier, uh, more controversial pieces will kind of get bumped to the member, principal, senator level type type discussions. Um, you know, there's still questions about, you know, resources, what resources, uh, and by that I mean mostly money, or what funny math can we come up with in Washington uh, to, map, to write a meaningful farm bill? Um, because when you look at all the different asks across the agricultural sector, all the different stakeholders that are looking for improvements to their programs in the Farm Bill, we can't lose sight of how much of an omnibus piece of legislation the Farm Bill is. I mean, the 2018 Farm Bill had 12 titles. It touches everything from, you know, what we're clearly focused on, which is the commodity title and crop insurance, making sure farmers and ranchers have good risk management tools. You know, we've got the conservation title that we want to continue to promote voluntary incentive based uh, conservation programs. But then we get into trade, you know, 81 percent of spending in the farm bills, nutrition. You've got a rural development title, a credit title, a research title, uh, an energy title, a horticulture title. Uh, and a miscellaneous title. So, I mean, there's just so many facets of the Farm Bill that are critically important to, to agri agricultural producers, our farmers and ranchers, our rural communities, but every consumer at the end of the day, right? Because the Farm Bill is, is national security, is making sure we have a farm to fork strategy, that we have uh, a robust and healthy agricultural industry 
um, that ensures we're not just feeding the 4% of the world's populations that's within our borders, but all those around the world, right? From either food to peace or just trade programs and the benefits that come with that. Whenever you talk about some of those stickier pieces of legislation, um, of course, the nutrition title has been one of those here for a long time, but are there some other pieces that kind of stick out that are, are going to be a little bit more controversial? Yeah, I mean, we're, we saw a little movement on the nutrition piece back in the recent debt limit where, um, you know, Republicans wanted to expand upon some of the work requirements that are um, part of the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Um, so there was some work that expanded some of those requirements up to 54, but it also brought in some other uh, individuals, veterans, homeless to be um, eligible for those benefits. You know, I think for a lot of folks, um, particularly on the Democratic side and probably most moderate Republicans, this issue is behind them. They think we addressed it in the debt limit. That's yet to be seen on maybe some of the rabble rousers on the right that want to see it go a little bit further. And I think, you know, again, it's a farm bill program. You know, let's have the discussion, let them work it out in a bipartisan way. Um, but there's other, I mean, smaller aspects, even within nutrition that I think will, will be uh, negotiated around uh, nutritious food and, um, you know, different benefits for fruits and vegetables. I mean, there's so many different kind of policy areas that there's some type of stakeholder that's trying to work through that. Then you got a question around conservation. We've had an influx of spending with the Inflation Reduction Act for climate smart agriculture. Um, you know, is Congress going to try to protect some of those dollars in a farm bill? Does it build some baseline? Uh, are those dollars going to be beholden just to conservation? You know, I think you ask most Democrats, that's a resounding yes. But I think Republicans are saying, you know, everything should be on the table, you know, to make improvements to the overall farm bill. So those are just a flavor of some of the things, you know, typically some of the less controversial titles can be, you know, forestry or maybe the energy title. But you're never quite sure what might pop up at the end of the day. Of course, since the, the last farm bill was put together, we've had the pandemic. We've had trade issues taking place. Um, do you expect some of the the hurdles that we've faced since the pandemic began in 2020 and then the, the trade challenges that we've especially had with China? Is that going to be part of the conversation? Well, I say it already is. I mean, we'd be foolish not to learn from uh, the life experiences we've all got to share in the last few years, whether we wanted to or not. Um, but one of the key talking points after the 2018 Farm Bill was that it was an evolutionary Farm Bill not a revolutionary farm bill, yet it seems since then we've lived in nothing but revolutionary times. And so are the programs, the risk management tools that farmers depend upon keeping up with that volatility? Do we have a significant safety net um, for the future in the next few years? Thankfully, we have seen a little bit higher commodity prices to weather some of that volatility, not across all of agriculture, but most commodities. But I think anybody that's gone through these cycles in ag recognize that typically our input prices stay higher a lot longer than our commodity prices. And so have those programs kept up with inflation, increased cost, you know, being able to adapt to the volatility that's out there. And that's what Congress is looking at. And that was one of the Farm Bureau priorities is we need more resources for the Farm Bill to particularly improve the commodity title. I mean, the numbers that are based on those programs, say for reference prices are based on 2012 data. They were implemented in the 2014 Farm Bill. There was a slight modification in the 18 bill, and yet we're here in 2023. So that's almost 10 years. I mean, that's a lot of change in an industry has taken place as, as innovative and as, as you know, seasonal, cyclical, 
uh, you know, Mother Nature as a business partner type industry that agriculture is, that's a lot of time, right? And so not being able to keep up with what reality is, is one of the main points I think we're trying to make to Congress is to ensure that when there is the next downturn um, or there's these things that we have learned from the pandemic or supply chain challenges, do we have the tools necessary to help weather that storm for another season? Are there any things on the short list as far or the wish list for the American Farm Bureau as we head into this process? Absolutely. You can find them on our website, fb.org. We have about uh, 60 plus policy priorities, but the short list is uh, as a general farm organization, it's hard to have a short list, right? But generally, uh, we, w- we want to see additional resources for the Farm Bill baseline to make improvements in particularly to the commodity title. We want to protect crop insurance, which is another vital tool uh, for farmers and ranchers. We want to keep nutrition programs and farm programs together. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of policy sense in keeping a farm to fork strategy. Again, the kind of national defense, national security side of things of making sure we don't have a hungry populace, that we're not making decisions in a vacuum. Plus the political reality of getting to 218 and 60 votes in the respective chambers, you kind of have to have that coalition, right, to, to get to their uh, nutrition advocates and, and farmers and ranchers, you know, advocating for the bill. And then the last piece that we've really heard a lot about from our members is ensuring USDA has the staffing and resources to implement programs. We've heard the frustrations at county FSA offices. You've had this influx of programmatic funding at NRCS. If there's no one there to provide technical assistance or work with a farmer to put those practices in the ground, what good does it do? And as we try to look at new and innovative uh, crop insurance products for additional producers through the risk management agency working with private industry, does RMA have the resources, technical expertise, staffing to help develop and get those products on the market? So that's kind of a new one, but that's the short list that uh, we would hope to see uh, in the 2023 Farm Bill. Now, Andrew, as you mentioned earlier, the most recent farm bill in 2018 was the first one that actually passed in the same year it was introduced since 1990. Uh, So for me in my professional career, every farm bill has run late with the exception of that one, but it was still late. It just was in the same calendar year. What was it about 2018 that helped push push things over the finish line in a timely manner? I think the biggest piece is making sure that all of those that are interested in getting a farm bill are engaged. And that starts with our farmers and ranchers, right? And so uh, I think we really worked hard as an organization to bring all of our states together, to engage our grassroots, to really educate Congress on, on the importance of getting a farm bill done, trying to work through a coalition with all our other partners that have an interest in that. Um, that was a very much a coordinated effort. We're going to have a bigger challenge in 2023, a challenge and an opportunity, that optimism, right, coming through. When you have 260 new members of Congress that weren't here for the 2018 Farm Bill, that's almost half of Congress. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we just had our fly-in here recently in Washington. Over 150 Farm Bureau members came to town, went to the Hill. They heard from the uh, four corners of the House and Senate Ag Committee um, to tell their story, to educate members of Congress on the importance of getting a farm bill done. I know Missouri's doing that. There's those opportunities back home. We've got August recess coming up. What a, what a great opportunity to think about having your member of Congress come out to your farm to understand what you do, right? And, and being helpful back in district. Um, so those are all the keys that, that are going to make for a successful farm bill to make sure your representative understands the needs of agriculture and all the innovation that's taking place. So it's, it's that full court press, you know, politics and policy making is a full contact sport. Uh, it's a poor dog who won't yelp for their puppy, a poor frog who won't croak for their own pond. 
And there's an overused cliche in Washington that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And so we're trying to figure out how do we set that table and, and the best way to do that is being involved. Well, anything else that you'd like to add, Andrew? I think that covers it. I mean, there's other things, roads we could go down. We could talk climate smart and com conservation and stuff like that if you wanted to. But otherwise, I think pretty high level, we got it covered. I think uh, we're going to save something for next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep ourselves in uh, on pace here. Well, we've been talking with Andrew Walmsley. He is the Senior Director of Government Affairs with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Joining us for this month's podcast, that is Digging In with the Missouri Farm Bureau.